0: Hi there, my name is Michael Brady, and I'm part of the partnership of Partners for Karmic Freedom with Linda Brady, my soulmate and wife, and this is day 63 of the Cancer Project. It's 11-22, Sunday, about about 7.30 Eastern Central Time, Uh, 8.30 though, according to my watch back in Tampa. We just went through the uh, week of of Hurricane Ian. And um, the last time I spoke was on Monday, um, the 26th, um, day 57. Uh, And um, the hurricane was uh, imminent. And we decided uh, on Monday to uh, leave uh, Tampa Because even though it may or may not have uh, flooded us or ripped the roof off the apartment building we lived in, we knew it was going to cause power outages. And um, the idea of two or three days of power outages and no air conditioning with the state of health that Linda was in was not very appealing to me. So um, we decided, uh, best case scenario, that is, to uh, leave um, and come back after the hurricane was over. So we hit the road north. Uh, We decided to go to um, the panhandle of the Gulf Coast. Uh, uh, So we went up uh, Route 19, which uh, borders the Gulf, um, and headed north and um, west. Um, And we ended up in Georgia uh, after eight hours, And we stayed overnight at a hotel. And the next day we got in the car and we drove to Franklin, Tennessee, which is a place that we have um, come to love since we've moved to Tampa, Florida over the last uh, five years or so. Uh, we frequently come up to Tampa to either do work with people like retreats or to rest and uh, just Unwind, uh, because Franklin is about uh, 30 miles south of Nashville. And, of course, you have all the history of Nashville and all the music of Nashville there. And then Franklin is this wonderful um, rural community um, outside of um, Nashville, where a lot of the up-and-coming country stars have their homes now. Uh, but it's it's mountainous, hilly country. Um, it's spread out. Uh, it, it, it also has a historic uh, town center, Franklin. Uh, it goes back a um, hundred and some years. I don't know, two hundred years. Um, so it has a very quaint, old, uh, small town uh, roundabout um, organization um, in the uh, heart of. Uh, of downtown Franklin and then as it spreads out it has urban communities and shopping centers and hotels and hiking trails and uh, parks and uh, lots of nice stuff um, and of course the weather here is uh, beautiful this time of year um, just just a touch of fall in the air it's f- 50s and uh, early morning. Maybe late 50s, and uh, it gets up to like 69, 70 uh, by the afternoon. So it's pleasant, warm, but also cool in the mornings. Uh, nice place to come to. And it was, here's the keyword dry. <laughs> there was, there is no rain, there is no wind up here. We actually avoided all of Hurricane Ian. We experienced no downpours, no rain. Uh, We experienced no hours in backup of traffic like we did with a couple of years ago um, when we fled the city uh, over another hurricane. Um, We had a pretty easy, uh, non clogged route uh, north, and um, we very efficiently got to stop one, which was halfway um in Georgia and then the next day we got up and drove to Franklin and we camped out he- <clears throat> here and it's now Sunday night um, October 2 and we're going to leave in the morning to start driving back to Tampa to go home um the good news is is that our apartment wasn't touched it, there was no water damage there was no wind damage um everything is intact uh, it's a mess because <laughs> I didn't know whether we were going to find the place intact or not when we came back. So when I packed, I packed like we were never going to come back as best I could. And uh, I left the place in a little bit of disarray as we left, but that's no big deal. Um, the bad news is, is that when we left to come north, Linda needed to have a—, a a renewal of her prescription for oxycodone, which is the major thing that controls the pain she's been experiencing either, either from the nephrostomy tube or the uh, cancer or the treatment for the cancer, uh, however that gets produced. Um, and since we've been in Franklin, uh, we found out after we got here, um, I, I called on the way, I called before we left. I called on the way, and I called after we got here, uh, back to Franklin, uh, Franklin. Uh, pardon me, back to Tampa General Hospital to um, try to get a prescription renewed for oxycodone. Well, push come to shove, what we find out is, is that, and here's a big surprise: the insurance industry in charge of healthcare, not. The medical profession's not in charge anymore. The insurance industry's in charge. Or the government's in charge. You can do it either way, probably. Um, there is no doctor who has the authority under any circumstances to prescribe an opiate across state lines. So if you are deathly ill and have a really legitimate reason to take an opiate and you leave the state, your doctor cannot call a prescription into another drugstore in another state. It's illegal from the federal level. Uh, And there's no exceptions to that, none whatsoever. Uh, Yet we have all this fentanyl coming across the border (laughs) and people dying left and right from that on the street. And you can't get a a legitimate drug when you need it. So Linda's been um, having some Pain mostly from uh, her her nephrostomy to her her kidney uh, site, not from her cervix. Um, her cervix isn't that painful anymore because the tumor's primarily eradicated externally, and we only need to get rid of the in the, any internal microscopic uh, cells that are left when she goes back in one. Uh, October 31st through the 2nd to do directed radiation, which is also called brachycardia therapy. Um, So um, she's been struggling a bit with her pain, um, and uh, she's still very tired, uh, and she still occasionally gets nauseous and doesn't have the ease of holding food down. Uh, Her appetite's starting to come back in the last four or five days, though. That's good. Um, uh, We have been primarily resting here, just hanging out. Uh, Linda's good for two and a half to three hours a day, uh, up and dressed and out of the hotel room. We can go get something to eat. We can go shopping for some clothes that may she, she may need. Uh, we may go somewhere and try to walk the dogs for 20 minutes, which isn't easy, um, uh, to get some exercise and some fresh air. Uh, but mostly we've been um, sleeping, hanging out with the dogs, uh, and out of the fray of the hurricane. Uh, the good news also, aside from us, is that everyone we know in Florida personally uh, came out undamaged. Um, their homes are intact. Um, they're healthy. There wasn't anybody we know personally that was injured by the, by the hurricane. Uh, and our entire apartment complex uh, was spared any damage as far as we know. They lost power a couple of hours. We have friends. We have people that live above us, that used to live above us, in our apartment above us, who have moved up the street. They they um, moved out of the apartment. They were in, into another apartment um, one block up in our apartment complex at, that we're very good friends with, uh, that we've made good friends with in time. We've been here, and uh, John uh, is the man who lives upstairs, and he's— um, watches out for us when we're away. He waters our plants and he has our house key and our mail key and he takes care of us. Uh, He he keeps an eye on the place. He waters our plants. Uh, He checks our mail. Uh, He brings in anything that ends up at the door. Uh, So I called John and we we know that everything is intact uh, and that there was no damage, um, and everything is fine back home and operating, and they only lost power for a couple of hours along the way at one time. So that was really good, and all of our friends are, are good and healthy, uh, and their homes are intact uh, as opposed to the people who got really wiped out, and you have to really feel bad for those people. Um we are heading back home tomorrow, uh, so tomorrow morning we'll get back on the road and we'll drive to Georgia tomorrow about eight hours and find a place to stay overnight, and then uh, Tuesday morning we'll, we'll head out back to Tampa and we'll get to Tampa by five or six that on Tuesday and we'll be home for good. Um, just unpack and get back in the groove. The groove is going to be getting pain meds re-prescribed and um, rescheduling outpatient appointments as soon as possible for uh, her kidney issues, for for Linda's kidney issues, um, to see what's up with that since she was hospitalized and they changed out the nephrostomy tube. So at any rate... um, we're good. We're, 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 we're healthy. We're grateful to be alive. We're grateful we weren't damaged by the hurricane. We're grateful that all our friends uh, are healthy and well as wise. Um, and we're going to get back in the groove when we go home. There's more outpatient hospital stuff to do, and, and I need to get the um, crowdfunding uh, project really underway when I get home for the uh, phase two of the cancer project of helping Linda permanently eradicate this cervical squamous cancer cells in her body uh, by the use of the SOT treatment, the alternative health treatment to the traditional AMA approach that we've, we've undergone are still undergoing, the radiation and the um, chemo treatment approach. Linda's holding her own. Um, she's still tired underneath. I don't think she's going to really recoup her energy and strength completely until we're completely done. I'm estimating the first of December, the first week in December, might be the week when we both feel completely restored to health and everything is, is um, resolved from the, from the experience that she's had so far. Uh, and we'll just be in that alternative treatment, which could take a year. Uh, or two, depending on how it's diagnosed with her as we go into that process after we go home with this other doctor uh, in Tampa. So that's the news. Um, We're holding up. Um, I'm not sleeping worth a darn. She's sleeping better than me these days, apparently. Uh, I wake up four or five o'clock in the morning and don't usually go back to sleep. I'm either fretting, worrying, um, thinking about things, um, tossing and turning, <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. But um, eventually I'll get some good sleep and it'll come back. Um, I guess everybody I know is, uh, here's the junk where it's stressed these days, uh, especially with, well, everybody in Florida from the hurricane is stressed. Uh, lots of people are stressed from, the political things that are going on in our life, either in our country or in the world at large. Um, Everybody seems to have a reason to be worried. Worried is another word for nervous, and nervous is another word for scared, and scared is the feeling uh, that most people are experiencing, have experienced recently and are experiencing currently, uh, because they're... Lives have been upset because the the stability of their life has been upset. Um, they, they, they've lost their homes or they've lost somebody they love, uh, or they're worried about the economic bottom falling out in our lives on a daily basis, uh, not being able to pay our bills, not being able to uh, handle our rent. And there are lots of people who are who are going through a lot of struggle and strife currently in our country and in the world um and uh, there's a lot of fear going around with that um so I guess what I want to say about that is um we all need to tune in to that fear we need to tune into that fear into that feeling, not resist it, not avoid it, not try to ignore it uh, but to allow it to come up in us. Uh, I was lying in bed this morning feeling fear go through me um, about our future and about uh, how it's going to turn out and how we're going to manage it and all that good stuff, uh, like, like a ton of other people in the world currently. Um, and, and believing at the same time that, that, that my life is unfolding as it should more and less as it should. My wife is unfolding more and less as it should. That all of our lives are unfolding more and less as they should. Um, I'd like to modulate the more and less, if you will, in, into the more <laughs> as often as I can. Um, and I sat and stewed in my sleep a lot about how to pull that off, how to do that, how to manage life. Um, felt briefly insecure about my ability to do that, felt insecure about myself, who I am. Um, all that is normal process, has to be gone through when we're in a growth crisis. Growth crisis, interesting term, it's a mixed term. Growth, everybody goes, yay! Crisis, everybody goes, ooh! <laughs> um, mixed term, Um it starts out well. Actually, it was backwards. It starts out with an "oh, oh, crap," and then it ends up with "oh, yeah." Uh, if it's a growth crisis, um, <laughs> so we're usually happy at the end of the growth. That's that's been my experience in life. Uh, that's what I've come to believe structurally is true about how life is meant to unfold. We're just up to our ass in alligators right now. A, a lot of us in the world, um, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, which also goes with change and growth. Uh, we're in a lifetime of change and growth. The age of Aquarius is, is a brand new age of 2,000 years that we're now in. We're trying to let go of, resolve, complete, forget about, well, not forget about, but let drift into our past. So it's the past, and it's no longer part of our present. The age of Pisces, the uh, the values and the and the the um, mores that we acquired in the age of Pisces are, are called forth to be in transition into the age of Aquarius now, a new age, a new age of, of um, uh, what, what I want to call it, the new age of Aquarius, the age of, of brotherhood maybe, um, of uh, changing the way things work in the world uh, to a better paradigm for groups of people, not individuals, but groups of people. Uh, I, and interestingly, I think that's not going to be accomplished by an organization or a government or a crusade, but individually. I think individuals are going to create the age of Aquarius. And, and we're already starting. Uh, and I think we're going to do that through relationship with each other. And through the relationships we have with each other, we're going to form what I like to call family, uh, chosen family. Uh, what we've called the Aquarian family uh, in our own circles. Um, and these these emotionally related, connected groups of people is what's going to change the world. Uh, if we wait for our governments to change the world or the banking industry to change the world, uh, good luck with that. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um but individuals can change it and we can form our own bonds with people as we go through our life, uh and establish our our connections and our uh our sense of who we are in those groups, uh, those very personal groups, uh that may include our biological families or may not. Uh, it depends on how things evolve with us in our life. Um and that's what's going to change the world because what I'm finding is, is that it's the families, our chosen families, that are what supports us in life. Uh, Linda and I are being supported right now by the the people we call our current family who are the clients that we've served in, in the last 40 years of our life uh, and that we want to continue to keep serving. Um, the response from the people that we've called clients and friends in our life have been extremely uh, touching for both of us Uh, and um, emotionally the most important part of this experience. Um, I am so happy to be able to do a podcast that uh, people want to listen to or have interest in uh, and are responding back. Uh, That feedback has been life sustaining to both me and and to Linda over these uh weeks these months uh, as we go through this cancer project with her and curing her cancer and we 're discovering our next branch of work our 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 next um, road to take uh, we'll have to'll we'll be dealing with uh closure with people because we 're older. <laughs> Um, and, uh, a third of the people we serve are older, about a third. Uh, We have a third of very young people, uh, from 10 years old to, uh, from 10 to 12 years old to, um, early twenties to mid twenties. Um, and, and then we have the midlife people (laughs) in their thirties and their forties. Um, and then there's us, the older, you know, the old guys, um, so i i, I suspect that that we'll be doing a lot of work um with people who were going through the transition the change that is the closure of one's life where as we experience it ourselves uh, this was a um what is the word i want to phrase um a chinese fire drill okay for for us um i'm i believe uh, we're we're still not completely over the hump with this, but I think we, we've we've gotten through the worst part of it, with the radiation and the chemo almost being done, the uh, the everyday part of it being done now, and only have to go in hospital, and then the alternative treatment over the next year or two is is, is going to be a cakewalk compared to what we've been doing, uh, only a blood draw every quarter. And then a reinfusion of that blood and back into the bloodstream for Linda to work at the genetic level uh, of um, stopping cancer production in her body, um, and that will only affect her unhealthy cells. Uh, it will not affect anything, any part of her body that's healthy. So it, it won't be um, destroying her while it's trying to cure her. That'll be very easy to experience and very costly for us economically. So, we're trying, we're stressed about that and trying to work that out um, and hoping that crowdfunding will help with that, which I'll be getting um, one to stick with when I go home. So, that's the news, all the news. Uh, It's only a short uh, uh, 24 minutes, but I want to keep everybody up to date at least every week with what's going on. Uh what I might suggest to people what I what I do for myself, what I am doing for myself, is that you take um, some time every day to focus on your breathing on your breath uh, because breathing controls everything with the body, everything all cells answer to breath and to breathing and to oxygen and air so deep breathing is is always good because it relaxes us. And when we relax, we let go of stress and tension and toxicity of all kinds in our bodies. Uh, And we let, we allow, allow the body to work for itself, to work on its own. When we relax, when we let go, Um, and it's not hard for an American to let go. We're always on the job. Uh, (laughs) um, So, when you get a couple of minutes uh, in your car before you go to work or after you get out of work uh, or coming out of the store before you turn the motor on or after you turn the motor on, the air condition's gone and you haven't gotten out of park yet, uh, find a find a space or two every day uh, where you can take five minutes. Five minutes isn't a lot in the parking lot. Five or 10 minutes, 15 or 20 minutes, uh where you can close your eyes and you can focus on your breath, on breathing. The thing that keeps us alive and tells us we're alive, the breathing that is always constant in the body until we leave here. Um, and think about the bottom of yourself, the bottom, the root chakra, the, ro- the groin uh, in you. And when you breathe in, breathe in, to the bottom of your stomach, the very bottom of your stomach, all the way down into your abdomen, and don't fill your lungs above your breastbone, above your heart center. Um, don't expand your chest, in other words, uh, because when you actually take a full breath, uh, the bottom and the top of your lung usage, um, the, the bottom part of your lung is diffusional and relaxes your body. And the upper part, the chest part where you suck air in, the shallow breathing, um, activates your body. So when you do a full breath, like I was taught to do back in my 20s when I first learned how to meditate, you're actually mixing two opposite things together. Uh, It's better, I've recently learned in my life, to just work on the bottom end when you want to relax, when you want to let go. So you only think about below your sternum if you run your hand down your breastbone to that first soft spot when you run off the edge of it. That's your solar plexus right there, below your solar plexus. You want to inhale air into your body below your solar plexus. Fill that space. Hold it for one or two and then let it go. Don't push it. Don't force it. Just let it go. And it'll come out naturally of its own pace, its own force. And then wring out the bottom of the, of the breath, wringing it out like you would a, a wet rag. Um, squeeze the last part of the oxygen out. Pull the lung up underneath of you. And see if you can hold for two, 1,001, 1,002, and then inhale again. And I'm not telling you whether to inhale with your nose or your mouth. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. You can, you can do it any way you can. I'll, there are a lot of times I have sinus issues or a head cold occasionally in my life, and I can't breathe out of my nose no matter what I do. So the only thing you can do is breathe out of your mouth in that case. And it still works if you breathe out of your mouth or breathe in and out of your mouth. And think about, while you're breathing, the things that scare you, the things that stress you, the general term, and then more specifically, what scares you, and and what. And don't do anything about it. Just be present to your own thoughts and the fear that's attached to it, or your own fear and the thoughts that are attached to it. And observe Observe yourself Um, and notice how there's some part of you that wants you know that's saying in your ear. Well, do something! Hurry up! Uh, Fix this! Um, You can't just sit here and breathe with it. Uh, Yes, you can, (laughs) because if you just are staying present to your body when it's in distress, stressed, when it's scared, in this case. And you think about breathing through the fear. Uh, What does that mean? It means that you feel the fear in your body somewhere, uh, your stomach, at your belly button. Is it below your belly button or above your belly button? Is it below your, your solar plexus, below your breastbone? Where is it exactly in there? If you can feel where it's at, the fear in your body, you can breathe through the fear. What does that mean? It means that you... Physically, inhale, hold for two, and then as you exhale your breath out of your mouth, you think about exhaling energy out of the spot where the fear lives in your body, where you feel it in your body, somewhere in your gut. So you're breathing through the gut, you're breathing through the feeling in the gut, you're breathing through that point in your body. Uh, In your auric body, actually, but it it includes your physical body, too, as well. So as you're breathing air in and out of your lungs and your mouth, you're breathing energy in and out of a chakra or a particular point in your body. In this case, in your abdomen somewhere, the fear point, wherever you feel it, lives inside of you, the fear. And breathing the fear out means just that, that. As you exhale your breath, you're letting go of the energy of the fear, And you can literally breathe fear away. You can calm, you can relax, you can dispel that tension in your body that you experience as fear. Over time, you can help that with the right kind of thinking along with the breathing. You can think positive thoughts, affirmative thoughts, gentle thoughts, kind thoughts, loving thoughts for yourself, about yourself, about life. Any of that works. And do that for five minutes. Do that for 10 minutes every day. And give your body a break, a, a place to let go of this this stress that we're all under, that we're all feeling, either from Ian, the hurricane, or from politics and what's going on in the world, or economics, uh, the inflation we're all experiencing, and how, how that's placing so much stress on um, paying our bills and uh, buying food, and that kind of thing. Be kind to yourself that way at least once a day, twice a day, um, when you think about it. I mean, even if you're at a traffic light and it, it, you have to sit there for two minutes, even with your eyes open, if you think about it, you can use that space to take some deep breaths. And tune in a little to the body, to the feeling, and then to the ideas that go with the feeling, whatever that feeling is in your body. And then you can breathe through the feeling. You can breathe it out. The light changes green and you skip doing your controlled breathing. You go back to spontaneous breath and you hit the gas pedal and you drive away. Hmm. That counts. You let go of some of the of the toxicity that's building up in your body, in your aura, in your mind, in your psyche, in your soul, you let go of some of that. Letting go of stress is always a good thing. So do some of that. Try to take care of yourself over this week uh, and see how how that impacts what's going on this week for you. Uh, it certainly helps me when I do that. Uh, I laid in bed this morning and and breathed in a controlled way for about a half an hour before I got up, and, and it really helped me get started for the day. So that's my that's my advice for the week, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk to you um, again. Um, I'm thinking Thursday or Friday. We'll see how the week pans out, but certainly at least once a week I'll be doing a podcast. I um, I, I want to do them two or three times a week it just depends on my energy and um, and uh how life is going and how busy things are so take care and um feel free to opine anything that i'm talking about that uh impacts you in any way on a personal level feel free to uh, reach out and talk to us about it uh you can uh email you can call uh you can text um our website is karmicfreedom.com. Uh, we are partners for Karmic Freedom, Linda and Michael Brady. My phone number is 802-323-6880. It's an iPhone. You can text me, uh, email me, or call me at that number. and uh, It's always close by, so uh, I, it won't be long. If I don't answer right away, I, I will get back to you as soon as I can. Uh, Thanks for listening, and until the next time, this is Michael Brady for Partners for Karmic Freedom.